Hey everyone, and thank you for joining me on my podcast. This is Stephen Overbaugh Ministries Podcast, and I'm Stephen Overbaugh. Thank you for listening in. I'm excited for what the Lord's going to say and do today, and what He's going to reveal to us from His Word, the teaching of the Word of God. I would just encourage you to get your ears ready to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, and turn the switch of faith on. Have that faith which is in your heart, which has been given to you, actively engaged in what is going on. Because when you believe God, when you stand in faith and operate in faith concerning the word of God and things of God, that's when you're able to receive all that God has for you. And God sees our heart. He sees the condition of our heart. He sees what we are like on the inside. And if he knows if we're in it or if we're not in it. He knows how serious we are about the things of God. And so we need to make sure that our hearts are pure, that are they're clear to hear, and that they're tender towards the things of God. And expect great revelation today. Expect to receive new things from the Lord. I believe that. Because this is the year of new levels and new places and greater graces and greater blessings in the plan of God. And, you know, the Lord gave me that word early this year in 2021. And with that word that he gave me, he also gave me the scripture in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, which says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And, you know, I've endeavored to live by that word and to live in accordance with that word and as so many have that have heard it. And, you know, the way we handle prophecy the way that we're supposed to respond to prophecy is to hear it and believe it and receive it as if God were speaking it himself because it comes through the man of God from God as if God was speaking it himself. And then when we hear it, we're supposed to receive it and believe it and go out and walk in the light of it, expect it and confess it over our lives. And then also keep it in front of our eyes, daily looking at the word, daily confessing what it says. And so, you know, what I do is every day I say, Lord, I thank you that I'm walking in new levels and new places and greater graces and greater blessings in your plan. And it's a good thing to check up on the inside, check up on our heart and make sure, have I been willing? Have I been obedient? Have I been following the Lord? Have I been listening to the Lord, listening to his spirit on the inside? Are my ears listening to the world and what the world is saying? Am I tuned into what the world is saying and doing? Or am I tuned into heaven and what heaven is saying and doing? You know, we can either be tuned into what the world is saying and doing or what the Lord is saying. And based on what we're looking at and what we're listening to will determine whether or not we have victory in life or not. Will determine whether or not we walk in fruitfulness or not. Determine whether we're blessed. Determined if we're going to live the supernatural life that God has intended for us to live. It determines a lot. We can either go up or down in life. We can either go under or over in life. And it all depends on what we're going to do with the Word of God. If we're going to believe the Word of God or not. You know, I've been traveling this year and going to wonderful churches and I've been to a lot of great places and there's a pattern that I've seen in all the places that I've gone to every single church 
And every single congregation or sheepfold that I've gone to, ministered at, they all have experienced challenges because of what's been going on. I mean, no brainer, right? Everybody's been facing challenges. That's common. You know, the scripture says that the things, the temptations that we face, they're common to man, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation will also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So these are common to man. And everywhere I've gone, I notice everybody faced challenges or is facing challenges as a result of what's been going on. But in every single place that I've gone to, the Lord has the same word and the same answer. It may be tweaked to different ways depending on where I go, but he keeps emphasizing something through my ministry over and over again. And that is, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes focused on what I'm doing. There are new levels and new places and greater graces and greater blessings in my plan. I want to take the church to new places. I want to take take the church to new heights. I want to take the church to new depths in my plan. And it's important that we not look at what's been going on around us or not remember the former things, but look to what the Lord is doing now, for he's doing a new thing in his church today. He's doing a new thing in the body of Christ today. And, you know, the other thing the Lord's been emphasizing to me is that we need to be ready. We need to be ready for what he has next. Be ready in spirit. Be ready in our minds. Get our minds lined up and in tune with the word of God, transformed to what the word of God is saying, renewed to what the word of God is saying, and position ourselves in every way possible to be ready for what God is going to do next. And that means laying aside things that no longer need to be in our lives or hindering us and picking up things that the Lord has for us today. Because it's a new season, it's a new day of grace. And it's the we're living in the last days, as we know. But we're living in the last of the last days. And this is the last great move of God, and we need to be ready. And how sad for so many Christians who would miss out on this last great move of God and this last great wave of the Spirit of God. No, I don't want to miss out. I've told the Lord in my prayer time, in my consecration time, Lord, I don't want to miss out on anything you have for me. I don't want to miss out on what you're doing in these last days. I want to be right in the middle of what you're doing. I want to be right in the center of what you're doing. Don't let me miss. And you know what? The Lord is faithful to answer that prayer. He has been faithful in my life to answer that prayer. He'll be faithful in your life to answer that heart felt and heart cry to not miss out. He will not let you miss out on anything. If you'll stay connected, if you'll stay focused, if you'll stay hooked up, with the Spirit of God. He will not let you miss out on anything He's going to do. And He'll use you mightily. He'll use you mightily. If you have your Bibles, let's look over at Hebrews chapter 12. I encourage people to pull out their Bibles, notepad, pen, and take notes. And mark in your Bibles, underline scriptures. If you can't mark in your Bible, you need to throw it out and get one that you can mark in. Because we want to really dig deep into the things of God. You know, if you want to strike it rich, you got to dig. Just like in the history of our nation when there was a gold rush out in the West and California and other states, people picked up their lives, packed up their lives, and left everything to go and seek for 
uh, this treasure and to seek for, you know, to strike it rich. And, you know, there was so much gold out in California and other places that, you know, it wasn't hard to find it. But people, you know, they could pan for a little bit of it. They could, you know, find a nugget here or there. But those who really got rich and struck it rich were those who dig and dug. And, you know, it's the same is true spiritually. If you want to get rich spiritually, you got to dig. Yeah, you'll pick up a nugget of gold and treasure from the word of God here and there if you just scratch the surface of it. But in order to strike it rich and really receive all the blessings of God, you have to dig. You have to be willing to dig. You have to be willing to take time to find out what is found inside the word of God. And so we're going to dig deeper today. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 12, looking at the first verse, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And for consider him, verse 3, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Back up to the first verse again. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are encompassed about, or that means surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Well, where is that cloud of witnesses? Well, they're up in heaven. People that have gone on to be with the Lord. Maybe you know somebody that's gone home to be with the Lord Jesus in heaven. And there's a, they're witnesses, the scripture says. They're witnesses and they're aware of spiritual things and they're watching us and cheering us on, so to speak. But they're witnesses of what's taking place in the earth today. And I believe we're living in the greatest time that has ever, one of the greatest times that's ever taken place in the history of man. We're living in the last great outpouring of the Spirit of God. And I believe it's going to be a conglomeration and of all the moves of God that have taken place in times past. I believe that the all the moves of God that have taken place are going to be encompassed or all going to be brought together to one great move of God in these last days. This will encompass all of those. And I believe that this is one of the greatest times we're living in. And the greatest time we're living in from the standpoint that the return of the Lord is very, very soon. We're living in the time of the return of the Lord Jesus when he comes in glory and in power for his church and we're raptured up to meet him in the air. And so we have witnesses that are encompassed about us, compassed about us, and they're watching us. They're not so concerned about natural things, about the job that you have or the things that you buy here or, you know, what you're doing naturally speaking. But they are concerned about spiritual things. They are watching about you and what takes place spiritually. They're seeing lives hanging in the balance. And there is such an urgency in the spirit. And the family of God, both in heaven and earth, we're in this for 
the purpose of heaven to reach souls. Now, why do I say heaven and earth? Because that which takes place in heaven is prayer. And that which takes place in earth is the carrying out of what that which is going on. Yes, we'll pray in the earth and we line up our prayers. But I believe that you don't just stop doing the ministry and you don't stop praying just because you go to heaven. I believe they're actively involved. They're compassed about us and they're witnesses of what's taking place. And so we need to be doing what the Lord has called us to do. Go on in that verse. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Who is it that is called to lay aside the weights and sins? We are called to do that. It's our responsibility to lay them aside. God's not going to lay it aside for you. God's not going to put those things aside for you. So many times, and I've heard it said, People say, Lord, just take this away from me. Take this sin away from me. Lord, I don't want this anymore. Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be that way anymore. And people cry out to God and for his mercy to help them take it away. And it's like their prayer is sincere, but it's unscriptural. Because the scripture is called for us as believers to lay aside weights. To lay aside sins that so easily beset us. And to run our race that's set before us in patience. So see, that's my responsibility. That's your responsibility to lay aside those things. And so that you can better run your race and notice who it's running unto. Verse two tells us we're running our race unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus. The scripture says the author and the finisher of our faith, you know, your faith was started in Christ. He was the author of your faith. And what he started in you, he'll continue to perform until the day of Jesus Christ. The scripture says, Hebrews 12, or I'm sorry, not Hebrews 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 said, we receiving the same measure, we've been given the measure of faith. The measure of faith. And Paul was talking about not being high-minded or thinking more highly of himself than they ought, but to think soberly as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. He didn't say a measure because we're all starting out on the same level. We all start out on the same plane and level spiritually in faith. The measure of faith. We're not starting out at different levels, but we all start out at the same level. And God, the scripture says, has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And then Paul also said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, that we having the same spirit of faith, he said, we have the same spirit of faith as it is written. I have believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. But notice what it said. What, notice what he said there. He said, we having the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith. So we don't all have different kinds of faiths. Some are not greater than others in their faith, at least not when they start out. But it's we're all starting out on the same level. And we're all given the same spirit of faith. We have in the same spirit of faith. But now the question is, what do you do with that? Jesus is the author of our faith, and he's the finisher of our faith. And in the midst of that time, we're to be growing in faith, maturing in faith. We're supposed to grow in the things of God. The scripture says that your faith groweth exceedingly. So faith can grow. Faith can develop. And it's our responsibility to develop it. 
But Jesus started it in us. He's the author of it. And what he started in us, he's going to see through it. He's the finisher of it. And all that time in between, he's there right alongside of us to help us in our walk, to be by our side. And we're not called to stay at the same level that we started out in. We're not supposed to finish at the same level that we started out in in faith. No, we're supposed to be at a great, exponentially greater level of faith in our finish, at the finish line. And so don't stay where you've been at. Don't get comfortable with where you're at. But recognize that your faith groweth, your faith can mature, your faith can develop, and we can end in a greater measure of faith than we started in. And it says that Jesus is the author. Jesus is the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. This is talking about what Jesus went through. Now is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, verse 3, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. What does it say there? What is it telling us there? Well, it talks about what Jesus had to go through as an example for us. He endured the cross, despising the shame. He was shamed. He was treated terrible. He was beaten and persecuted and crucified and mocked and shamed. And he went through all that and endured all that and endured the cross. But it wasn't just a natural persecution or a natural crucifixion. It wasn't just a natural um, pain that he went through. No, what he went through was not only a natural thing, but he went through a spiritual thing. He was separated from God. He took on the sin of the world. The sin of the world was laid upon him. He went through tremendous pain and tremendous punishment in the realm of the spirit so that we could be made free, so that we could walk in victory. So we you know, and we can real fast turn in your Bibles over to Isaiah 53. I want to show you something. Isaiah chapter 53. 53. We're very familiar with this um, passage of Scripture. But I want to show you something here. Verse 53. Isaiah 53. Look at the first verse. It says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness that we should, and when we should see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Notice, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Those words are King James words that the translator put in. But if you look up griefs and sorrows in your Strong's Concordance, your Greek Concordance, and study it out, those words literally mean sickness and pains. So yes, griefs and sorrows, but more literally, sickness and pains. So if we read it that way, surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. 
verse 4 at the, the latter end of that verse says, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And we, under, we understand that Isaiah the prophet was looking forward, seeing this in the future, and he was seeing the the crucifixion of the Messiah, paying the price, taking on sin. But I want you to notice, it kept talking about he was despised and rejected of men. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He bore griefs and sorrows. He was wounded. He was bruised. But that wasn't something that the Romans did to him. Yes, they did those things, but that wasn't just what they did to him. That wasn't just what the Romans did to him, but that was what was laid on him in the realm of the spirit. He was wounded for our transgressions spiritually. He was bruised for our iniquities spiritually. He paid the price spiritually. In the realm of the spirit, if you could see, he went down to hell and was chained in that place and had to be there for three days, paying the price. He went to hell for you and me, but he arose, glory be to God, hallelujah. He arose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave, and he was risen from the dead. The Lord raised him up. God raised him up in the power of the Spirit, hallelujah, and he obtained victory for us, hallelujah. He quickened him, the scripture says in Romans 8, that the same spirit which raised Christ from the dead, if he dwell in you, then he which raised him from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. But it raised him up. That quickening power of, of God raised him up. But I wanted you to notice what he did, he did for us spiritually. Yes, in the natural, they could see him being beaten and whipped and bruised and punished and crucified. But in the realm of the spirit, there was a greater punishment. And in the realm of the spirit, he paid a heavy price. But it's in the realm of the spirit that we look to, we see that there was an eternal redemption obtained for us. And so back in Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says that Jesus is the author and the finisher. He was looking, it says in verse 2, he was who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the throne of God. He was looking and it brought joy to him because he could see what would take place as a result of his obedience. He could see the outcome. He could see the souls, we say, the men and women who would come into the kingdom as a result of his obedience, the joy that it brought him as a result of seeing men and women like you and me coming into the kingdom. And because of those things, because of what he could see, because of the, the reward of his obedience, he endured, and he despising the shame. And now, set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The scripture says to consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. How many of us have been tempted to be wearied and faint in our minds? Wearied and faint. Doesn't that start in our minds? It does. It's easy to get worn out. It's easy to get wearied spiritually. It's easy to want to give up and to just throw in the towel and say, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of paying the price to serve God. But the scripture says, 
If you're feeling wearied, if you're tempted to faint in your mind, consider him. Consider Christ who endured. These are faith terms. I want you to notice because if if you're looking at your Bibles, you'll see these are faith words. Notice he endured the cross, despising the shame. Notice, consider him. Faith considers what Jesus did. Faith endures. Faith does not give up. Notice verse 4. He resisted unto blood, striving against sin. But that's a faith word. Resisted. Sometimes you're resisting everything. You're resisting your flesh. You're resisting the world. You're resisting Satan. It seems like everything's coming against you. And you're going to have to resist in faith. You're going to have to resist. You're going to have to stand and not be moved. You're going to have to hold on. And you've heard me say it before. If you've listened to my ministry for very long, we get excited about what faith can bring us and what it can do for us, the wonderful blessings that it can, that it's provided for us. But we ought to be just as excited that faith will keep us steady in the hard place. Because it is the faith of God that will hold us steady. It will hold us with our feet planted on the ground. And you know what? Nobody has to fall. We're not victims. We've not even, we're not even trying to obtain victory. We've already been given the victory. But it's our choice whether or not we stand in that victory or not. And nobody has to be a victim to the enemy. Nobody has to fall. Nobody has to fail. Nobody has to give up. No, you can stand in faith. You can rejoice in faith. You can continue in faith and not be moved. I like that, don't you? I don't know about you, but I'm getting real excited because he endured so I can endure. He resisted and so I can resist that which comes against me. He stood and so can I. He had joy in the midst of what he was going through, in the struggle and the temptation he was facing, and so can I. Hallelujah. He ran and so can I. Glory be to God. He's called me to live for him. He's called me to run. He's called me to grow. He's called me to finish in faith. And blessed be God, that's what I'm going to do. And that's the determination we got to have, that we're going to finish in faith. So many people start out in faith, and it's easy to start in faith. It's easy to start out in the things of God. Yes, of course, it excites us. The things of God are exciting at first. The things of God, they're they're wonderful at first. First, when we start out, it's like, yes, I can do this. But then over time, people start to realize that there's an enemy out there. They start to realize that it's not going to always be easy. They start to realize, yeah, there's going to be trouble and persecution and affliction that arises for the word's sake. And so they don't want trouble. People are tired or are unable to handle trouble. And they, they, they're just soft and weak spiritually a lot of times. And so they give up and they, and they give in. They go the way that's easy. They go the easy route. They take the easy path. And you know what? I would say that anybody that is always saying that it's easy for them, anybody that's always saying that their life is good and that they never face challenges, that they're probably not living for Jesus. They're not living for the Lord. Because they that will live for Christ, the scripture says, will suffer persecution. Paul said that. They that will live godly in this world, they will suffer persecution. And so for people that are always doing good and always having 
great time and living their best life, as they say, and never facing challenges and never being challenged spiritually, they're not living for Christ. There's no way that you can't that you can live for Christ and not face persecution and affliction in these last days because time is so short and the enemy is coming down to try to hinder more than ever before. And we not, we're not to magnify the enemy, but we need to be aware of what he's doing. We're not ignorant of his devices, the scripture says. No, but we are aware and we just stand. The shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The faith of God will move the mountain. The faith of God will hold us steady. The faith of God will cause us to finish in joy. Glory be to God. So we have a choice, don't we? Turn over in your Bibles. You're in Hebrews there. Turn over to James chapter 1. And let's look at another verse of Scripture. James chapter 1 verse 1 says, James, a servant of God of and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting. Notice verse 2. My brethren, so who's he writing to? He's writing to Christians. He's writing to the church. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into very diverse temptations, as King James says. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials and temptations. Now, you're not always going to feel joy. You're not always going to want to be joyful and rejoice. But that's why the scripture says to count it all joy. And counting it all joy is a faith term. That means we're going to walk in joy by faith. We're going to have joy by faith. You're not always going to have feelings of joyfulness. You're not always going to feel joy, but that's why you count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That word diverse temptations literally means various trials. Diverse trials, diverse temptations. There's going to be a lot of different trials and temptations, aren't there? There are a lot of different things that will come our way, different times and different seasons in our life. There are going to be afflictions that arise for the word's sake and for the fact that you are a child of God. And if you stand for what's right, yeah, you're going to face it. And it's, you know, there'll be times when things will go along good. You'll be doing great. You'll feel like you're not facing anything. You feel like you're just having a great walk with the Lord. And all of a sudden, you'll come up against something. Something will come up against you in different seasons, in different times. You can be going along great, and all of a sudden, something come against you. And that's when you have to walk and live by faith. See, it's easy to walk and live by faith and go through the motions when everything's good. But when things are hard, that's when people give up. That's when people really find out what what is in them if they really do have a strong firm foundation because remember the storm comes to everybody but it's the kind of foundation that you built when you were starting out and when you were growing in life and in Christ if you took the time to lay the foundation if you took the time to make sure that your foundation was solid for those who took the time to do that they're prepared and ready for whatever comes against them but those who just skipped and skimped and didn't 
go through diligence. We're, we're not diligent in the things of God and just took just, you know, lived an easy life spiritually and didn't really take the time to lay a foundation. They're the ones that are going to be caught off guard. Are you listening to me? I've seen a lot of people that get excited about the word of God, but not a lot of people that are laying a foundation of the word of God because it is so true that some people, they do skip cut corners spiritually. They do just skimp and skip over the steps and the principles of the word of God. They don't want to take the time to be strong spiritually. They just want to enjoy the benefits. They just want to enjoy the blessings. And like I said, they cut corners. People always want things fast and easy. But the things of God, in order to truly be strong in the Lord and truly be a person of faith and truly be a person of spiritual maturity, it's going to take diligence. It's going to take time. I know for a lot of times ministers, they want to be in the ministry. They want to have a successful ministry. But they're always running around doing other things. They're always running around giving time and attention to other things. And they're not taking time to diligently spend time with the Lord and to spend time in His Word and to study and pray. And that takes time, that takes effort, diligence, and you know, it takes sacrifice. And that sacrifice, it comes at a cost. The things of God, they come at a cost. Are you listening? And so, in order to truly be used of God in a mighty way, those that are used of God in a mighty way, they're the ones that took the time and paid the price. And I was going to emphasize this. They did it in their private life. They didn't do it to be seen of men. They didn't do it out in the open. They didn't just read their Bibles when other people were watching it or just doing the spiritual thing when other people were around in church. No, in their private time, in their alone time, they they paid the price. And as a result, the Lord is able to use them in a mighty way. God's going to use everybody if he can. God's going to try to use everybody. But he can only use certain individuals more than he can others. Those that give time and place to him more than anything else. And so many ministers, I don't know why I'm on it, but I'm on it. So I'm going to stay on it. I'm going to ride this thing for a while. They give their time and attention to other things, to other pursuits, to other dreams, to other hobbies. And they give so much time and place to it. And it's hindering the anointing in their life. Because if you're constantly giving time and place to other stuff, and the word of God and the your time with the Lord is neglected, then you can start to have the anointing wane in your life. The anointing will wane in your life. And so many ministers, they they spend their time doing other things. And, you know, they also... The good indication of what you're spending time on and what you're doing with your life and your time comes out of your mouth. A good indication of that, what's in you, is going to be what's coming out of your mouth. So in other words, people that are always talking about other things, talking about this or that, that's showing or revealing to us what is in them. What they give time to. But the Lord wants us to give time to Him. I remember Brother Hagin said he knew a pastor years ago that whenever they would get together and talk, all the pastor could ever do is tell jokes. 
It was full of jokes. He just he had a new joke every single time Brother Hagen came to visit him. And he had some new funny thing to say every single time. He had, and he could just pull hundreds of jokes. And he said in the pulpit in preaching, he said that the pastor was constantly making jokes and jokes. And he would do diligence to all this joking. And that's all that the pastor gave time to, Brother Hagen was talking about. He said, well, you know, it's not wrong to know have jokes and stuff, but that if that's what you're full of and you're not full of the word, then you're not going to help anybody. That's what that pastor was full of. He was full of jokes all the time. Well, I've heard a lot of pastors myself. They're full of a lot of other stuff. All they can ever talk about are cars or all they can ever talk about is hunting or all they ever talk about is something else, golfing. I've heard so many pastors, they golf and that's what they do and that's all that ever comes out of them. Well, like I said, there's nothing wrong with those other things. God wants us to be blessed. There's nothing wrong with doing other things, having other things. But if that's all you ever do and that's all you ever give time to and that's what you're full of and you're not full of the word of God, you're not going to be blessing people like you should be. No, as ministers, we need to give diligence to study and prayer. Give time, make the sacrifice. You're going to have to tell some people no. You're going to have to tell some things no in your life. And we were talking about that earlier, laying aside weights and sins. Lay aside weights and sins. Some people are weighty in your life. People are weighty in your life. I'm speaking by the Spirit of God. There's a lot of people, some people, and the people that are listening to this podcast will hear this. There's people in your life that are weighing you, weighing you down and hindering you and hindering your race. And the Lord wants you to let go of them because it's not good. It's not profitable for you. Lay it aside. Sacrifice those other things and spend time with him. Spend time with Jesus. Hallelujah. I remember a couple a while back used to come to my daddy's church and they were called to ministry. They had, had an anointing of God on them. They were called to the mission field, called to, the go, to go out into the nations. And it was burning in them, burning diligently in them. And they were a blessing to listen to when they talked about the things of God. But just because you're called and just because you're anointed and just because it's in you doesn't mean that it's going to come out of you. doesn't mean that it's going to be fulfilled in your life. No, just because you're called doesn't mean it's going to automatically happen. No, The way we make it come to pass, the way it will come to pass is by doing what the word says to do. Study yourself. Study to show yourself approved. A workman that be, needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. Give time to the things of God. Because the things of God are not automatic. And I saw this couple, they had so much other time invested in other things. And over time I noticed that they weren't talking about the things of God like they used to. They weren't fellowshipping with the things of God like they used to. The, the dreams and visions they used to talk about, they begin to slip away or they begin to fade away and they weren't talking about it, weren't dreaming anymore. And the Holy Ghost had a word for him in one of my daddy's services and prompted him, stay connected, stay hooked. Don't miss out on what he's going to do, what he wants to do and you. Don't give up. But the, the message wasn't heeded. The word wasn't heeded. And as a result, they, fall, they fell away. 
and they went by the wayside. And, you know, it's so sad, but it's so true. And it happens so often. People don't fulfill their ministries. They don't step into their calling. They don't step into what the Lord had for them because they didn't do what it took. They didn't pay the price. They didn't humble themselves like they were supposed to. They didn't submit themselves to the leadership that God had placed over them. And as a result, they it cost them in their own ministry. But brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, various trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Guys, we'll end it there. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for joining me. It's such a pleasure to teach the Word of God. There's wonderful things coming out, and I believe that the Lord has taken us from glory to glory, and we're going from faith to faith. Remember, you can follow the ministry on Facebook and YouTube. You can join us on this podcast weekly. You can follow us on our website, stephenoverbaugh.com, and we'll be ready to bring more Word to you next week, so get ready, and have a blessed day.